This is the OCML Podcast. Enjoy local music. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 71 of the OCML Podcast. I'm your host, John Safari, and I'm with the with the gentleman from Mosaic today, um, Vinny. Yes, sir. And Gig Boss. Hello. Yeah, it's been a long time coming to have you on the show, huh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Thanks so, for having us. Absolutely. And then, uh, as usual, Kevin. Hi. And David's here. Well... Well, he's he doesn't, here. I guess he doesn't have a mic. Um, <laughs> no, he does. He doesn't want to use it. Oh, okay. So, first off, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves uh, before Mosaic? Yeah. Let's start absolutely. with that. Let's start with you, Vinny. So, uh, I am a musician. play with a band called Antihero. I've been doing that. I've been with this band for uh, maybe about four years. And I'm also uh, an IT guy. I've had experience in IT for about 20 years. And uh, in a few minutes, you're going to figure out where that all ties in. Cool. And... Yeah, happy right. to be here. Yeah, and, and how about you, Gig Boss? What uh, what did you do? Uh, obviously, Gig Boss kind of gives a little bit of it away, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, the quick background is I got involved in uh, live music a little over ten years ago when I retired from investment banking. I had been uh, a, a licensed banker specializing in mergers and acquisitions. I retired at the end of two thousand seven. Always loved music because I'd performed a little bit as a kid. Got involved on the internet basically, and it just kind of took off and. Um, you know, a lot of doors have opened. It, they've given me opportunities to give others opportunities. And so, you know, shows at House of Blues and other venues and, and now being involved with Vinay and uh, Musaic. Cool. So now that we've got that out of the way, what is Musaic and how did the two of you guys meet each other? Yeah. So uh, Musaic is basically a site that artists can get gigs and gigs can find artists. Basically, people who are doing the hiring um, can find artists. Now, the what is different about Mosaic is that it's intelligent. And what that means is that it will match artist profiles to gig opportunities um, based on things like genre, location, their, you know, draw, uh, artist type. So if you're a promoter, talent buyer, you basically create like a job posting and you say, this is what I'm looking for. Mosaic will, using its algorithm, find the right artists, give you recommendations, just like if you were going out on Amazon doing some shopping, you always see some, you know, little uh, boxes in the bottom saying, it recommended this for is you. also recommended for you. Yeah. So the same thing. We, we basically analyze what are the artists that are the best fit for this opportunity, and we give them a rank score. And then there's a whole process where the booking um, can happen in the site as well. So it's not like you have to call these guys on the phone. Are you available? Can you do this? What is it? You can at least initiate that booking um, through the website. Technically, you could do the booking 100% through the website. Um, so that's the basic concept of Mosaic. And the, the underlying theme to all this is save time, save cost, make intelligent decisions, give everybody the power to uh, play the right gigs, artists play the right gigs, best for them. And same thing with uh, you know promoters, talent buyers, reducing their risks in finding the the right artists for the show that they want to put together. And hopefully, it makes uh, live music shows uh, better in quality. And also, it's going to save time and cost for everybody, which means more profit. Hopefully, down the road. Yeah. That's the idea behind music, and uh, how we came up with this idea. So basically, uh, as I mentioned, I you know I've been playing with this band for a few years, and I've been following Gig Boss on uh, social media for a while, and I was kind of at that point of you know frustration, which probably a lot of local bands have about hey you know I don't feel like I'm getting the gigs I should be getting. What am I doing wrong? Am I using social media right? Um, how do I make sense of this? So, um, so I actually called Gig Boss one day and said, "Hey, can we talk? I, I just want to get some advice from you." 
And um, when we did sit down together, I started hearing a lot of his pain points as a promoter about what it takes to put together a good show and, you know, source the right artists and how much time he puts into that. And, and uh, it just occurred to me, you know what, if we put our heads together, uh, we could probably solve this problem or at least make a dent in it. We could probably figure out a way that can um, reduce some of these, you know, issues for both sides. And let's see what it looks like. So we started off on that. About nine months later, Mosaic was launched. And uh, that was in September of last year. And in, in only four months, you know, we, we were actually only just opened it in Southern California to a test market. Already we have uh, close to 600 bands signed up. We have uh, about 20, 25 uh, promoters signed up. People are booking shows for like Viper Room, House of Blues Anaheim. It's starting to work and it's looking really good. So um, now our next step is, can we take this national? How do we do that? Um, so that's in a nutshell what uh, Mosaic is, where it's going, and uh, why you might be interested in it. Cool. Do you have a uh, like rate my promoter or rate my venue on there? That's a, it, Not today, but that is very <laughs> that is... important. I totally agree. Um, just like uh, I imagine it is like if when you do a transaction on eBay, you know, both parties get to rate. Yes. You know, how was my experience with this person? Obviously, you don't want to open it up for people bitching at each other. Yeah. <laughs> no, of course. Yeah. Of course. But, you know, were they professional? Did they show up on time? Did they do what they promised? Both sides, you know? And yeah. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that is something we'll be looking at is adding that kind of a rating system. And that could also tie into the matching algorithms. Like, okay, are we recommended these guys? Do they have a good history? Let's push them up a little bit, you know? That's good. Yeah. That's good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Uh, we, we've always kind of talked about, like, how could we have a. A system that was like fair, not biased, but could be like a public ranking for you know the promoter venue and a band because absolutely it, it, it saves you a lot of hassle if you know you got a one star band that's hitting you up and they're promising you all this stuff that most bands won't even promise you right you're like oh okay you're probably not going to be able to come through and, and follow through on that and right I'm sure you've had that a million times oh me no <laughs> yeah. never yeah actually you know when, when, he, when he and I sat down and started talking about this thing initially that was one of the things that I suggested I want a rating system because I believe very very strongly in integrity across the board mm -hmm. I mean as as you know, I gripe a lot about a lot of things that are wrong in the music industry. Um, a lot of it comes my way via the artists that I that I uh, communicate with. Uh, a lot of it I see firsthand, and it's really just a lack of integrity and understanding. You know, the financial uh, mechanics, if you will, of, of a solid business model to keep everybody's boat afloat. You know, sometimes you you get a flood of of finances coming into a show. Uh, and it's not a problem, but other times it's thin and you still have to appease everybody. So, you know, just keeping the integrity there and making sure that, you know, somebody isn't going to take the majority of the funds and leave everybody else in the dust. I mean, that's huge to me. You can't screw over the people that are helping to support your career. And it's a big circle. The fans support the bands who support the promoters, who support the venues, who support the vans. Everybody's got to take care of each other in that loop. And mm -hmm. if somebody lets somebody down, the whole chain can break apart. Yep. So integrity is critical to keeping it going. And the people that don't have the integrity to understand that and see you know, any farther than how much money they're going to make in tonight's show, they need to be you know, called out. They really do. Yeah, I completely Preach. agree. Preach. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag preach it. Yeah, I mean, when, when a promoter himself suggests, yeah, let's let the artists rate the promoters. Well, you know what? Yeah, and you know how I am, man. I, I speak my mind. I speak what I believe in, what I've seen. I'm not always right, but you know, I take care of people honestly. 
as best as I possibly can. And I think everybody should in this industry if they're truly doing it because they believe in music and, and they have a love of the arts. Absolutely. And, I mean, that's something that we saw right out of the gate. And I think why we spent so much time hanging out at your shows when we first started because we wanted to, you know, feed off the like-minded people versus the people that are ripping the artists off. And, and you know, overall, there's still a lot of people that don't, really back up there oh yeah we're here for the artists we're here to you know make other people's lives easier no you're here to make money like you're not here yeah get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah house, <laughs> you know, house and, of blues is not the diy down the street no. you know i mean they have a bunch of money that backed what they have mm-hmm. and they are there to open their doors and make more every night period you know and if they don't they close you know look at la they had a better money offer and they took it. It's yeah. not so that they could pass to a better owner for the arts venue. No, it's so they could sell their land to build apartments on it. So it's all about the money. You always have to consider the money when you're putting together a show, even at a DIY, because you know those places need money somehow for something, even if it's just utilities or porta potties. You know, so yep. you always have mm-hmm. to make sure that the funding is there to support the next event, not tonight's event, the next event. You know, and that requires integrity and a little bit of a business mind. Absolutely, and the. A lot of bands don't have that, right? So, A lot of bands, you know, um, I, I'm not going to be Quincy Jones and actually go names, and, <laughs> you know, and, and say I, I slept with, uh, you know, Richard Pryor or anything like that. But, uh, no, there are bands out there that understand, you know, when they have an opportunity, they need to make the most of it. There are others that when they have that opportunity, they want to they wanna build their egos because of it. And, you know, no, I don't, I don't dig that. I'm, I'm, I'm too old to do your rock star scene. You know, if you were selling out House of Blues at 50 bucks a ticket, you know what? Good, good on you. But, you know, you're doing a show for your local fans and you're getting nothing or next to nothing. You're not a rock star. You're building a career. And pure and simple, that's it. Act like it. Support the other guys. Support the people that are giving you the opportunity. Be humble about it and go home and create something on your resume that you can push forward now from that experience. Yeah, and so... On that, I guess, what's the most frustrating part of this for you? Of promoting uh, yeah, or like music? What, of what bands do? Um, I, I let's mean, do both. Let's do both. Yeah, we can do both. That's a double question. Well, you know, yeah, starting with the promoting thing, because that's where I started first. I, I think the thing that frustrates me the most is that the bands just don't see this as a job. They just simply don't. They want all the trappings of success. They want the fame, the fortune, the money, the girls, you know, whatever. But they don't see it as a job. They yep. see it as, you know, come in, play their 30 minutes, and then party like rock stars. They don't go to their, their merch booth, capture emails. They don't take photos and say, okay, what's your Instagram handle? Or anything like that where they can, you know, get themselves out on social media to all these other people's followers and spread the uniqueness that is their art. You know, capture some more people that go, oh, who are these people that are friends of my friend? I'm going to check this out. You know, oh, I really like them. Do they have some merch? You know, do they have a CD I can buy online or whatever? They don't capitalize on that. They just want to play the part. And I absolutely hate that. You know, and you know me as probably the same as you. We're doing a show tonight. We want everybody there early. We want you to stay there all night mm-hmm. long and support. There are things that come up in life um, yeah. that, that don't allow you to do that. But you know, there's no reason Every why... Every show, any, that's not stuff coming up that's how, that's how you're running yeah. your shit. You know? No reason why an entire band should show up 20 minutes before their set and leave 20 minutes after. One guy, two guys maybe, the whole band, no. No. No, Never. ain't buying it. No. Ain't buying it. And just, yeah, especially when it's the same band does that multiple times, it's like, you're only here for you. Hey, so yeah. now you're not going to be here next time because it's not what this is about. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
when you do shows at House of Blues, they have Live Nation reps there. Live Nation owns more live music venues in the world than anybody. They are there to see how the fans respond and react to you and with you. So you show up late, number one, they're seeing you show up late. They don't like that. And number two, they see you leave early. They see their, you know, your fans go with you. They don't like that either. They are not going to offer you the opportunity to, to open for a national artist coming through town, you know, a big headliner that would really mesh well with you and give you some really unique exposure. They're not going to do it. So stick to the business when you're doing your show. You know, when you get home, when the crowd's gone, when they close the doors of the venue, then you can party. Yep. Uh, that, that, that's, I think my biggest pet peeve is the second thing you brought up where bands won't stay. Um, but I mean, you know, not taking any of the opportunities seriously is definitely frustrating as well. Cause yeah, I mean, we're I'm, out here working our ass off to be able to provide you an opportunity and then you don't even use it. I'm an so. old man. I get there before everybody and I stay till the last guy's gone. If I can do it, you know, just suck it up, buttercup. Yeah. There, it, it, uh, I love it. <laughs> There's nothing more important that night than that show. If you took that show six weeks ago, work isn't even an excuse. Get the fucking day off. Like this is a job, you know, and, yeah. and, and you're not going to like. You know, you're going to be like, hey, I have my other job that night. You know, you don't say, oh, I'm playing a show. Like, you know, you're not going out to party. You're going to work. Well, hopefully. Yeah, I, I mean, if, <laughs> if your life is going to get in the way of showing your thanks through your attendance to the people that gave you the opportunity, then maybe you should just decline the date. Yep. hundred percent. A hundred percent. So let's go to back to Mosaic now. And um, oh, yeah. how, how did that... <laughs> For you, how did that come in? Was it just meeting an IT guy that you had the ability? Was that something that was in your head before, you know, maybe to do an app or you know, had that? Um, yeah, you know, what? The, the long story is when I left investment banking, I really had intended to do something like this app, and I purchased the rights to GigBoss.com. I, I sat and I scratched my head and I thought, okay, what's a clever, real, you know, real clever name, easy to type that's available? I found GigBoss.com. I thought, you know what, that sounds really cool, really powerful, easy to type, seven letters. I bought it. I still own it today. I paid two web development firms a retainer to start developing the site. Both of them ripped me off and closed their doors, changed their phone or whatever, took my money, goodbye. So it was like, you know what? Okay, fine. That's what that industry is all about because that was my first experience with web developers. So apparently everybody in that industry is a crook. I can't do this after all. I'm just going to keep going to Vegas like I'm doing now every other weekend <laughs> and you know, earn some spending money. So after a while, you know, I mean, just I got tired of the Vegas trips. It's like, you know, I, I really love music. I, I got to get involved in this. I started blogging on MySpace. That thing blew up. Um, then MySpace blew up, literally, uh, and I made the jump to Facebook um, somewhere in about that range, which was about 2010. Um, I had gotten a, I'd gone down to my condo in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico for a week. I come back, and there's an email from Live Nation just out of the blue. Hey, would you do shows for us at House of Blues Anaheim? I was like, I'm not a promoter. Sure, why not? <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. You know, I mean, I, I knew at that point that I could help a couple of local bands, get them on a good stage, you know, that they deserve to play on. I figured, you know, one or two shows max, House of Blues finds out, oh, this guy's a fraud. He's a hoax. He doesn't know what he's doing. We screwed up. He's out of here. You know, and that ran six years. So, um, damn. Yeah. I mean, you know, damn, what have I done? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, obviously, you know, the trips to Vegas 
declined quite a bit. But anyway, getting well, I mean, we still went to Vegas with you, so they didn't. Uh, yeah, they definitely true. didn't vanish. That's right? true. So. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there's probably a lot of trips back from Vegas that I shouldn't have made. Um, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> but as far as, as getting as far as getting involved with him, you know, uh, the idea had always been in the back of my mind from ten years ago, and then uh, you know, after Hospitals Anaheim closed their Disney location to relocate. Um, shortly after that, I got ill. I got had a lot of health problems. I mean, bad, bad health problems. Um, this guy contacts me out of the blue about seven months into my issues and said, you know, hey, can I talk to you? Uh, blah, blah. Like he said, you know, I'll buy you lunch. <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, I got gut, gut issues, so this is going to be a cheap lunch for him. But, uh, <laughs> but it is a free lunch, you know? You, you don't turn down a free lunch. No, so, no, not often. <laughs> um, I met him, and I think I had, what, like eight French fries, and that was about it. <laughs> yeah. um, but we talked, and, and I found out that what he wanted to do and the way he felt about uh, the live music industry and the local scene was, you know, relatively on a parallel to what the way I felt. So I started, you know, spilling my gut to the best of my ability with my experience now through House of Blues, what I'd wanted to do before, um, you know, saying we could do this and then we could make that do that. And, you know, we just started kind of over lunch saying, you know, this is how we can make this thing work. Um, and the next thing I know, we had more meetings and more meetings. And then he said, you know, hey, I want you to be part of this company instead of just, you know, pick your brain for free lunch anymore. Or just I want you on board. Um, so I was like, OK, whatever. You know, I'm still sick. But, you know, it's mostly stuff I can just do at home through phone calls. And um, next thing I know, he's spending real money to get this thing developed. Uh, he's spending real money to incorporate the company in the state of California as an S corporation. He's spending real money with attorneys for you know this that and the other thing i was like wow this this guy's crazier than me he's really doing it so um yeah it's it's been a fun ride and then you know seeing the thing actually come out and launch and you know i I think the proudest moment is when we actually did a show with it you know we booked the entire show with music and at the end of the night everybody been bunny it was awesome i mean the Um. bands fit um the, the venue made money. The bands made money. As a promoter, I made a little bit of money. Everybody made money. Just exactly what it was supposed to do. Hell and, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, dude, this thing works. That is just incredibly awesome. So, you know, it, it's been a real exciting thing for me to get involved in this. Um, we have a lot of other things that we want to do with it um, that will probably take until the day I die to get them all incorporated. <laughs> Um, but some really unique features, and we want to be able to to have people say, okay, we don't want to see live music want go away on any level, and in order to get to the big leagues, you got to go struggle through the minor leagues a little bit, you know? Absolutely. I, I mean, unfortunately, the music industry seems to think that, you know, if, if you make, you know, if you show up on a meme by saying, cash me outside, you can be a rock star, and that's pretty sad. If that's, the, if that's where... My grandchildren are going to be listening to that crap, you know, instead of going out and seeing real talented musicians playing real six and four and whatever stringed instruments, you know, and doing it creatively live instead of having somebody that was, you know, on a TV show that had a catchphrase meme that's offered a record contract and now has studio loops back in their whatever vocals. God help you all. Yeah, I mean... Auto tune, man. All that shit's crap. Like, and 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 it doesn't make sense to me how like so many people enjoy that. But 
That, that's because I like rock and roll. Techno- I want to fi- te- feel my music. I don't. Technology uh, is is great. It provides you just a multitude of tools, but it should not be the foundation of what you build artistically. It should be there for help, not to hold the, the whole project up. Yeah. In my mind. We were just talking uh, one or two episodes ago about, you know, the people at the shows, like, recording the whole show on their phone and not mm-hmm. being a part of the... Yeah. You know, and, like, as, as you know, as we just talked about our biggest pet peeve with artists, that's my biggest pet peeve with fans. Like, why did you go out of your house to stare at your phone that you stare at while you're at your house? Like, you, you know, it, yeah. it's easy. I get it. Like, it's fuck, It's right here. It's in my hand. It's easy to do, but I want to... like I. You know, I try to actually use my phone, and I won't at shows, because I'm, like, you know, in the show. I'm trying to be a part of the show and a part of the environment. So I'm supposed to be documenting everywhere I am for, you know, our social media, and I don't, because I'm... I just don't understand that opposite side where you just want to watch the whole thing through a tiny little screen. Yeah. I mean, you you came out to enough House of Blues shows, and and you would see me running around, you know, from in the main music hall to out at the bar to, to all over the place. And as a promoter, you know, you obviously promotion, you know, yeah. means, you know, show yourself, market yourself. I, I had more incentive, I think, to take pictures and do anything than anybody, but rarely did I ever do that's, it. And that's how I am, too. Like, know, I, I, this, unless somebody else is taking the photo, it's not going to get taken. Yeah, I mean, if you want to take a video of, of a great show so that your friends know how cool it was, you know, next time, why don't you just invite your damn friends? Well, odds are that they said no, or they said that they would come and then decided to watch Netflix. So, yeah, I mean, so, I get that so, part, too. So now you're going to be Jewish mother-in-law and guilt them to death? No. Uh, it doesn't work like that, but... <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let's go into a little bit of what we were talking about, you know, leading up of, um, you know, how you can be better at promoting your, your, your band or your show. Um, and I, I know you had a, a nice couple of paragraphs when we were talking on email about, you know... It's like a movie, right? Like a movie, you don't just see a movie's um, the poster once or twice. You right. see it on every fucking bus stop, on every fucking bus. Like they ram this shit down your throat so that you know it's going to happen. And you, we rarely see any artists do that. So, mm-hmm. uh, what would what would your advice be? Well, you have to number one uh, personalize your messaging uh, on social media. Yeah, it's great to post and uh, you know share links and stuff, but. In reality, you're inviting your friends, people who are your followers, probably in your local region, and their friends. You want to romance them with the idea of, hey, this is a live event. This is my band. We're doing something new. We have some new tunes. Uh, we got a new drummer. Hey, we're, we're uh, you know, doing this, um, you know, maybe we're doing this uh, f- to record our video, that sort of thing. In other words, make them excited about being part of a live event so they don't sit at home and watch yeah. Netflix. That's number one thing. And take the time to message each one of them directly. Why not? Everyone in your band should do that. Everyone in your band should be participating in uh, promoting. It's it, you know can't be one person's job. And yeah. if you're not good at it, get good at it. It's it's simple. It's social media. You're on the phone all the time anyway. Um, yeah, learn how to hashtag shit. Absolutely. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, I mean to me, you know, artists develop relationships, and if if you think of it on very simple terms, if you, if you have a significant other, you know, spouse, partner, whatever. And you have a relationship, and all you ever do is say, honey, can we have sex? Honey, can we have sex? <laughs> honey, can we have sex? Pretty soon she's going to go, no. So you have to maintain the fire in the relationship through other avenues, through social media. You have to ask questions. How was your day, honey? You know, Is there anything I can do for you? You, know, you have to personalize it to keep them interested in you as a person so that when it comes time for them to take care of you as a person, it's a lot harder to say no. 
And if you just keep saying, hey, we got a show next week, we got a show next week, we, you know, no, no, and no. Yeah. You know, you work really hard as an artist to gain a fan. You know, uh, music is, you know, objective. I mean, it's, or is it subjective? I always get them confused. Anyway, you know, music is all good. There's nothing wrong with any music. And there will always be a certain percentage of people that think it's cool. It might be a small percentage. It might be a huge percentage. Your job as an artist is to find the, the big enough number that your percentage gets you the right amount of fans. That's your job. And when you find that one out of 100 or whatever your number is, if you don't continue to ask them, so how was your day, honey? You know, you're going to lose them. You know, maintain them. Keep them engaged. Don't just say, hey, we got a show next week. You know, we got a show. Honey, how about some sex? Yeah. Not, <laughs> that's you know. a great analogy. Yeah. It's a relationship. <laughs> yeah. And, and it and is that's, a relationship. That's, that's the biggest, you know, when it comes to social media, like, I don't see really anybody except the few bands that you can see are making huge, you know, leaps and bounds that do any of that. Like, um, like the example is band rivals. Like, I get, they like my shit every day. I get Snapchats from them, like, you know, they're engaging with their followers. Like, they're not just putting up a post, you know. Mm-hmm. They're going to my Instagram and liking four photos in a row. So that I'm like, oh, hey, look, they're paying attention. And it's not fun. Like, that shit's not fun to do. But you have to do it. Yeah. And, and, and that's, you know, where it comes into this as a job. And, you know, I think that's something that we talk about probably at least once on almost every fucking episode of the SML podcast is that this is a job. Like, it's fun and it's cool. But it's a job, and you are a business. You're not just a band. And um, it it's really difficult for you to try to get anywhere until you can run your band as a business. Absolutely. Um, and, and in order to do that, you've got to spend money on promotion. You can't just put up a flyer. You know, you, you make a video for 10 seconds with our pocket camera computer things that we all have and put it up and say, hey, guys – I can't wait to see you at this show. Like exactly what you were just talking about. You know, I can't wait to see you guys here at this show. Um, it's going to be rad. We've never played with band blah, blah, blah before. And we're really excited to see them. We know you're going to love them, too. Yeah. Now you got them excited about the other band on the bill, which now also in turn gets the other band on the bill excited about your band on the bill. And maybe they do a shout out to the other bands. And it always blows my mind that people don't understand how much promotional material you'll have with every show just naturally. Like... Have you ever played with this band before? How about this one? How about this one? Your fans don't know them. Promote them. Don't promote yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like it, it, it's it's promote their new music video because everybody that's your fan knows who what you sound like. So they're like, oh, I've already seen them before. If they like this other guy, they're gonna way more likely to come to your show again to see this band that you're playing with. And, Absolutely. And then you know, of course, now you're building a relationship with this other band who can open doors for opportunities for you too. Um, right. That's right. What uh? What would you say would be like one of the most effective ways to promote your show? I mean, obviously the 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 personal invitation is it is that like a Facebook message or how how have you found the best uh, response to reaching out to them? Yeah, everybody seems to be on Facebook. Um, and compared to other social media platforms, you know, you have a lot more ability to create some interesting content. You can write longer stories. You can create links, and as you were just pointing out, you can link to other people's pages. Uh, you can create, uh, you know, a Facebook event, and you know, invite all the other bands to use the same Facebook event to promote. So everybody is promoting, you know, the same thing, and yeah, yeah. it looks like you have the largest number of followers. It's these kinds of things. Uh, Facebook, I think, is is probably probably pretty effective in that and it gives you a lot of good tools so i would say number one is facebook uh twitter 
is probably second, but most people I know follow tons and tons of people and brands on Twitter. And if you're not, you know, looking at it, you know, in the moment, they might miss your message. So if you're going to use Twitter, just use it more often. In other words, don't be afraid to post several times a day. Yeah. No big deal. Well, and especially with those shorter form things, like you have to post more than one time a day. And that if you want to get anything out there, right? Exactly. You don't have enough 140 or whatever it is. But um, really, Instagram right now is is where the young people are. Um, When I'm starting to book these bands that are like, you know, in high school or like just got out of high school... Some of them don't have Facebook pages anymore because it's really it's a fucking waste. Like if you're going to start it now, like yeah. you're going to have to pay so much money, you know, or right. or just be the most annoying guy in everybody's inbox. Like, please like my band page. Why didn't you like my band page yet? Look, I need you to like my band page. <laughs> like uh, it, it's 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 a bummer. Obviously, Facebook's a business and they knew what they were doing, and now they're you know rich and, and stealing all of the poor people's money for ads, right? <laughs> um, but Instagram is. Uh, there's just a lot more ways that you can get out on there. Um, with the the new geo looking, you can like look That's up right. new stuff like right around the corner. And then their explore thing is great because you know as long as you stick to what you're doing, if you if all your stuff is interacting with bands, that whole page is going to be other bands, other venues, and that's just. That's how you grow your following. Absolutely. You know, um, is by engaging them. You know, you don't grow your following by fucking liking something. You got to reach out to them and, um, you know, get in their DM, provide them value. Like, you know, like, hey, like, we're a band that sounds just like you and, like, you should come play this show with us. Go find a random band on Instagram and see how crazy, like, easy it is to find new people if you reach out to them the right way. Um, which is, you know, going to a show and talking to somebody is the, is the right way. But if you can't do that for some reason, you got to reach out to new people or else you're never going to get in front of new people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Another cool thing to do with Instagram is record a video. Go record your rehearsal. Why not? Record your band, uh, you know, sitting around having a conversation about your set list. That is drawing that's, people in. That, that's the shit that I think. You know, that's like one of the main reasons that we started our network is interview a band, um, you know, WWE, WWE, or UFC, like all, uh, the, the Voice, American Idol, all these people. Shows will give you like the backstory mm-hmm. on the person performing because then you're like more emotionally invested in caring about this character, and it's the same thing. Like, if you're only show, 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 then you're just a fucking billboard. You're yeah. not like uh, something that I can care about on a like, oh man, I, I care about what this dude's doing today, you know? And that's what everybody we have the ability to do, right? Is make people follow us daily, absolutely, but. It's, it's crazy that the artists aren't the ones using that. It's like, you know, talk show people and, and motivational people are really the ones that are on that one. You would think that that's what the artists would want to do, right? It, yeah. It, 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 that rock star thing is about people following you and caring yeah, I mean, you, right? Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, number one job, I mean, if you want to be rich and famous as anything, your number one job is awareness. I mean, again, if it comes down to that percentage of things, somebody out there believes in you. You know, whoever that may be, however many that may be, you have to make as many people as possible aware of you so that that match can locate you. And the reason that shows like The Voice and America's Got Talent work is because they've taken people that obviously have some talent, but they haven't been able to push themselves out in front of a big enough number to be able to get over that step. So all of a sudden you got this person that's 29 years old working as a bartender comes out and sings, you know, um, a, a song from Queen. I can't remember what the hell it was. Uh, Somebody to Love. Um, and she was awesome. I don't know if you saw this thing. But, you know, she's been singing a long time, obviously. She works as a bartender. She comes out. She sings a song. Everybody loves it. Boom, it's exposure. 
because now she's in front of millions instead of dozens. Yep. You know, so it's the awareness thing. As a band member, as an artist, I think, you know, again, it's use the social media constantly, but not always just come to our show, come to our show, come to our show, because, you know, honey, ain't you getting no sex tonight? <laughs> you know, you, you got to keep them engaged. Again, it's build the emotional, the personal side of it. Let them understand you as a person because, you know, friends will do a lot more for you than fans will. So make them your friends, you know. Um, always wear your own band shirts when you're out in public not doing a band day. You know, there's liable to be somebody that's going to walk up and say, oh, that's a cool shirt. Where'd you get that? Oh, it's a band that I'm in. Boom, you've started a conversation. Wear your own stuff. You know, normally I do. You know that. I didn't know we were going to be... On video. Getting, getting camera eyes today. <laughs> but, it's, but again, like Kevin said, you do all your own stunts. That's equally important. So. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but, you know it's, it's awareness. Do everything that you can so that people know your name, know your logo, know what you do. You know, sometimes they're going to take the initiative and the time to investigate for themselves. Sometimes you have to explain it to them or point them in that direction. Yep. You know, but awareness is job number one. You can write crappy songs. You can play them really badly. And there's always going to be a certain percentage of the public that thinks that's really cool. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> the, the interesting take. Uh, the other thing that bands have to realize is that you have access to the same technology that Foo Fighters does that any other band out there has right now. You can create which your is own. brand new. That's like a new thing Absolutely. that you have control over that. Absolutely. Yeah. Which, yeah, 10 years ago, we didn't have that. But you can you can create your own. You are a reality show. Why not? You are personalities, yep. and that's how you need to draw people in. It's not just about the music. That is obviously the core of who you are or what you're producing, I should say. But there is probably a backstory to who you are. And, and that's know. what people want to know. Like, Absolutely. That, that's what makes people fucking love people. Is, oh, wow, this person went through that, and they're still doing this. And now all of a sudden they're a fan, yeah. you know, and they are a, an invested fan. At the very least, let fans understand what it takes to be an artist these days maybe they'll appreciate you more maybe they will say okay yeah i'm gonna go spend five ten bucks on that yeah and 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 i think that's that's a really important part is is being personable and and engaging i think that's like really the most important part when you're trying to retain fans which those are the ones that are going to pay you if you're trying to make money and doing what you're doing so yeah i mean always always keep them wanting one more thing you know i mean for 10 years nobody knows what my name is you know if i ever told people what my name was Game's over. So, you know, it's GB, it's Gig Boss, it's Jeebs. For the Facebook police, it's Gary Butler. None of it's accurate. You know? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's all good. But leave them hanging so that they come back. But keep them engaged in the meantime because they will find something else to, to yep. take their time. You know, I never really – I'm glad that you brought up wearing your own stuff because, like, I do every day, but I don't think of it that way. I've never actually told somebody to go do that. But, like, I have my hat on 24-7 – and then my wallet has my logo on it, so I'll be paying somewhere, and they'll be like, "What? That? What is that? You know, why do you have it on everything?" Yeah. And I never really realized that until you just said it. But that, a yeah, I mean, good idea. If, if you spent, you know, time and intellectual, you know, energy and, and money maybe to create a logo, that's what logos are supposed to do. They mm-hmm. are supposed to be out there and make people aware of your brand, your service, mm-hmm. your product. You know, and that means any opportunity you have, you use it. Yep. You know, period. I mean, like I said, you know, as a band, yeah, is it a little bit redundant to be on stage playing a show wearing your own shirt? Yeah. yeah. Maybe that's a little That's wrong. a little much unless you're all doing it as a uniform. Yeah. Yeah. Like Devo. But, you know, <laughs> but I've seen a few bands pull it off. Cool. When they have, they all have like, you know, the, right. the jacket and they have their logo on the back. That's, that's cool. But 
I, I would say don't wear your own band shirt. Yeah, but I mean, if, it, if, it's, <laughs> if it's your day to take the tour van down to the car wash and get it cleaned out because, you know, the bass player threw up again, then for God's <laughs> sakes, wear your shirt. God, you know? That's a, that's bass player's always rude. Damn it, Kevin. Damn you know? <laughs> you, 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 you can't live with the low end and you can't live without them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, is there anything else you guys want to leave with the episode before we... Uh... Yeah, we want to pitch one brand new thing we just started a face group a facebook group called save local music and you can also get to it by save now what we're doing with this is we are linking all of the facebook groups and social media groups uh together into one place um to create a forum where people can learn talk about their lessons learned, their experience and what they are doing in their own community to Keep their local music scene alive. So this isn't just about promotion, and it's definitely not about bitching. It's about learning from each other. And we just started this two days ago. So savelocalmusic.org. You can jump on there, and uh, you can also find uh, music at mosaicshows.com and also at mosaicshows on any any social media. And uh, come and join us. And one last thing I forgot to mention about music. It's completely free for the promoter for the artist how can you pass it up so get yeah. on get I on mean, there today. if it's free it's for me so um yeah there's there's, there's the uh, obligatory <laughs> self-promotion sure. but no you know and just let me add to the save local music thing um you know i mean the revenues generated by the live music industry are growing every year but at the local level they're shrinking um you know I, I don't know how many venues you've personally seen john that have either closed doors or changed formats for live many. entertainment my, all, too many. all of them yeah. my favorite one hoagies rest in peace yeah you know too many of them and and the problem is not just here where we reside i mean in the uk between 2005 and 2015 they went from 3144 live music clubs to 1700 and something holy fuck i mean they lost almost half of theirs mm-hmm. so you know there are other parts of society technology whatever that are friends upon the local music scene um, and this is the minor leagues for the big guys you know I mean yep. they need this you know if, if every time a venue shuts it's potentially one more Foo Fighters that doesn't get to be a Foo Fighters because yep. they didn't have, didn't have the, the training platform. grounds mm-hmm. you know they couldn't hone the craft you know practice the skills learn how to, to drive the crowd and uh, you know that I mean t- in my mind we're also in the millennial generation that grew up on video game noises and sounds um, you know they're used to having canned beats so maybe that's why today's popular music is as popular as it is i don't know that's just a theory um but i'm seeing far too many places go with you know the dj music uh i'm seeing oh, you know man i've i've it's, i couldn't even it's definitely more than one hand of places that i used to do shows at that i don't anymore because they just do djs now it's yeah like, I, well there's no feeling in that man. i mean i i just i sincerely feel like today if you had Two weekend festivals, you know, 100 miles apart in prime locations, and one was the Electric Daisy Carnival and one was another version of Woodstock. You know, Electric Daisy Carnival would probably outdraw the Woodstock. And I think that's sad because it's just, you know, you're missing real talent over here on this stage. You know, guys creating stuff instead of just, you know, hey, look, I can turn this knob. I can flip that switch. Play. You know, look, lights. Ooh. You know, I mean, whoopee doo. That's, that's the video generation that we're in. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. Because we all kind of hang on to things that were well, there in I think, our upbringing. I think that there's enough uh, of the Woodstock 
type generation around that 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 but, event. I mean, but we're getting old and we're gonna die. Hey, but you know we just gotta do that festival soon. Then. <laughs> but you know what, whatever the reason, you know, whatever I, the reason, we want to you know maintain some level. I mean, if we can't grow it, at least maintain it. Keep keep these breeding grounds for tomorrow's you know rock stars from from just withering and dying completely. That, that was the whole motivation for me to start booking shows in the first place. Was yeah. I was seeing ticket prices go up and the talent level go down, and, I was, and that ended up being pay to play. Yeah. And and so, you know, now pay to play is a lot less predominant, at least in, in Orange County, um, after we've tried to go and, you know, flip that shit upside down. But that was originally why I started doing this, too. Like, it's going away. I can see it, like, 10 years from now. Like, where's my concert going to be? Like, ah. Yeah, I mean, this is more critical to me than global warming, you know? Oh, I mean, well, me, too, because I won't be around when that fucking, you know? I, yeah, I can lose I'll music be, before be we can lose the planet. So. That. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's just, it, it's sad to see what's happening, and it's sad to know that, you know, I mean, I have grandkids, and i got to actually have a third one on the way. I hadn't even announced it. Um Congrats. Surprise. Yeah. Apparently my daughter. <laughs> you heard it here first. My daughter got her sex drive from her dad. Um, <laughs> knock it off, sweetie. That's enough. Three. <laughs> done. Um, anyway, um, I want my grandkids to be able to go to a club and see real musicians on a real stage playing real instruments and, and creating art. Not, you know, the. And again, some of the crap that's out there is actually good crap. You know, but it's it's not artists performing. It's it's synthesized entertainment, and I want to see. I want people to see live stuff. You know, live stuff has emotion. And synthesized is just perfection. You know, I think one of my favorite moments was when the when the artist said that on stage. When I was I went with Kevin to see Savoy Brown at the Coach House, uh-huh. and he's like in the middle of the song as he was he was tuning in. And he goes, "That's good enough. It's rock and roll. It doesn't need to be perfect." And exactly. I was just like, <laughs> ah. Yes, yeah. thank you. That's what gives it edge, man. You know, and the next night it's it's a little off the other yeah. way, and you know what? So every performance is unique yeah. and different. I, I love it. So, man, thanks guys for coming on. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And, thanks uh, for having us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Mosaic. I mean, I don't know if we actually plugged where you Mosaicshows.com. <laughs> yeah, Mosaicshows.com. M U Z A I C shows.com and savelocalmusic.org. Check us out. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, guys. Um, and right. we'll be back next week. Uh, we're going to play a song today. It is Porcelain Hill coming to get you. You think you're slick with all those little tricks and all those little games you play. I'm here to tell you, you ain't gonna prevail now. Now, who do you think you are? Try as you might, there's no hope in sight. No, you won't get very far. Well, cause I'm coming to get you. Yeah, I'm coming to take you down. Try to hide, keep out of sight You cannot escape my gaze Dress up, duck down, to left, run around I see through your masquerade I feel your heart 
on stage and online at ocml.us. Enjoy local music. 